Hey everybody, welcome to the program this week. Erica Strout, the lead singer and guitar player of the band Motherfucker, is going to be my guest. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking with her about all sorts of things, and uh, if you've ever wanted to see me make a fool of myself, on more than one occasion, this is definitely the place to do it. And uh, we're going to close it out with uh, uh, the, I guess it's the title track off of Motherfucker's uh, latest album, Confetti. Uh... I uh I felt good about last week's show. I really did. I felt like I really kind of hit back into that stride that I was in, and uh, it just made me feel good. And I was watching last night, very late. I was watching Kevin Smith's return, uh, to like broadcast. I don't know what you want to call it, podcasting, or whatever. He was Fat Man on Batman. He's talking about how he had to really make a life change, and it really kind of made me think about how. He used food as a reward, and uh, I'm kind of the same way. I'll sit there, and I'll watch something, and I'll just sit there and eat and eat and eat, and uh, that's not a good thing to do, and I'm not uh, ready to be in that position that he's in, so I think uh, it might be time for a, uh, might be time for a change, so, but you know what? We'll get into that later. Uh, uh and we'll uh, we'll we'll deal with with all that kind of stuff as as uh, as things go down the line. Um, but uh, that was my phone because I'm not a professional. So uh, yeah, so stay tuned and uh, listen to my chat with with Erica Strout. We actually met at the the Conan show that I walked in on ten minutes late. Yes. That yes, was we did. <laughs> what, what, now you're you're all the way down in from the the south part of the country. That's what Atlanta, Athens. Athens, which is about a little over an hour north, or like east northeast of of Atlanta. That's where REM's from, right? Yes, it is. I oh, see. You got that pedigree going. But what were you doing up in Wisconsin? For were you were you playing? Were you one of the secret friends that night? I was. Yeah, I did a weekend. We we played three or four shows that weekend. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. I'm sorry that I missed it. And I don't know if I'm going to be there Saturday or whenever it is. Yeah. Cause my car is crap. Oh, mine too. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to, well, you got some great bands that you're playing with gorilla ghosts and uh, body futures. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Always uh, a pleasure to see them. Oh yeah. And it's always fun to hang out with Conan, even if he's complaining about Chris Hardwick, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Um, now what's the, what's the scene like down in Athens? I don't know when he's, cause I know like Milwaukee used to have one and then it kind of died out and it's starting to come back a little bit. Uh, Athens is a pretty good scene. Um, uh, it depends what kind of music you're playing though. They, they tend to be more into like indie pop kind of things. Um, but we do have like, uh, you know, five to 10 really solid heavy rock bands around and, and there are people that you know, that show up to those shows and love to see those bands as well. So, um, because there are so few though, we all, we all have ended up in bands together at different points over the years. Well, I think, of, I think a scene is basically kind of, it's not dependent on the bands. It's dependent on the people who want to go see the bands. Oh, I see the point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of, cause if you don't have people who are, well, I mean, like up here, um, when we did Blank Fest and and Conan was playing with Dead Is Dead and uh, Body Futures, great lineup, fantastic lineup, 
but there was nobody there because nobody cares about original music anymore. Mm. It really kind of sucks. But uh, but hey, let, let's let's be that blues band that does all those blues covers and Grateful Dead covers all night. And actually get paid. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like, what the hell? There's money involved in this thing? Uh, I got a buddy who's in a country band, and they do covers and stuff, and he makes three, $400 a night. I, yeah, I've talked to people who are doing similar things. It's it's irritating. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. It's just, I mean, I'm happy for them, but it's irritating. Yeah, definitely. It re- I mean, it's like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're a working musician, you dick. Um, <laughs> but now, now, growing up, did, were you exposed to music at an early age? Was it something that you kind of came about later, or...? Definitely at an early age. Uh, I always had a piano in my house. Um, so even before I had any formal training, I was, you know, banging on that and singing. And I've always loved music. Um, my parents required that my sisters and I all take at least three years of piano lessons. So I was, you know, while I was happy to do it, I was required to do it at the same time. And then I ended up um, joining band in school and getting a lot of musical education that way. And um, when I went to college, I really wanted to be in the marching band here at UGA, the Redcoats, but I um, allowed myself to get talked out of even even showing up to the audition. But I think in, in the end, it worked out nicely because then I had the motivation to like find another way to play music. And for me, that was playing guitar. Well, guitar and piano are kind of in a way, uh, they're, they're very easy to transpose with one another, aren't they? Uh. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it took me a long time to, like, when I look at a keyboard, I see where the note, like, I know exactly where the notes are, and on a guitar fretboard, I don't, like, I have a good, pretty good um, understanding of it now, but I've been doing it for 20 years, so, um, well, almost 20 years, so it took me a, a good while to, like, know exactly what notes were where, as opposed to, you know, naming the fret what number it was and what string. So your parents were really, really pushed music on you. Like they forced you to take three years of, of piano, like you're an Israeli soldier or something like you're forced into it. Uh, now what, uh, what kind of, uh, I mean, so was that a very, like, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word progressive. What's the word I want to use? A very like artistic household growing up or. Uh, I would say overall, yes. Uh, mostly musically focused, but, um, you know, my parents had, had a lot of like, my parents were on the strict side. So they had a lot of like things in place like that with it. They had decided that this is what was, what we were going to do as a family or what they were going to require of us as children, that sort of thing. What, what kind of like, did they, did they have like more artistic type jobs or were they like nine to five type people? Oh, nine to five. My mom is an RN and my dad was a safety engineer. What what exactly is a safe? I mean, obviously it's in the name, safety engineer. But like, what kind of things was he making sure were safe? Well, he worked in a lot of uh, highly industrial type jobs where he, you know, he worked for um, Pratt and Whitney, which was a engine building, a jet engine building manufacturer. Uh-huh. I can't think of the right words right now. Um, and so he would make sure that the workers that were in, you know, on the line were following protocol and like. Um, any, you know, issues that would arise, he would handle all that. And he was making them take three years of piano lessons too? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it would make sense. It would make Those are those are kind of like high uh, stressed positions. And I can understand how when they come home, it'd be like, no, play the piano, damn it. Soothe my, <laughs> soothe my nerves. 
Yeah. Well, my mom's family is, is particularly musical. My, my grandfather um, did musical theater um, when he was younger. And, is that something uh, you ever wanted to get into? I, I did a little bit of it, but it's not my strong suit. I mean, I, I have an appreciation for it, but it's not something that I would, will get into, really. <laughs> you don't want to see your name up in lights next to the word Hamilton? No. No. <laughs> No. I haven't even wanted, I don't even have an urge to go see Hamilton. I don't I don't I mean I'm not a big musical guy at all. Well, being down here, I don't know that I would really have the opportunity to see it unless Isn't it I touring though. It might be and I guess I would they it probably would come to Atlanta if they are touring. So maybe I would have the opportunity, but I mean that's like a whole drive to Atlanta and like money and stuff. I don't know. I mean if somebody was like, "I'm, we're going to see Hamilton," I would, I would go along. But I guess I mean the only the only musicals I'm really interested in are like Cannibal the Musical by the South Park guys. Uh, good or, one. Yeah, so, yeah, good the good ones, the good ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I know what you're talking about, like the drive to Atlanta and stuff, because it's like here especially, um, no bands want to come to Wisconsin anymore ever. Um, like I, I didn't even realize that every time I die I was at the rave here in in Milwaukee until the day of the show, like ten minutes before they went on. And oh. it's like, oh, that's great, fantastic. And then they're playing Warp Tour, and I don't want to go to Warp Tour because have you ever been to Warp Tour? No. It's I used to go um with uh I used to run a website and I used to get press passes and I would go and I would just hang out in the air conditioned room, um. And, uh, it, it was, that's the only reason I would ever go because all the band sets are like, um, kind of pushed down to nothing. You get like half an hour when yeah. usually you're doing like 90 minutes or so. So that's kind of, you know, whatever, but, but yeah, nobody wants to come to Wisconsin. So traveling is kind of a, kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, but, um, so when did you start like performing in bands and stuff? Was it a high, a high school thing or? There was no one to play with in high school. I, I was I was playing drums when I was in in high school marching band, and I got a drum set for a little while and was learning on that, but it got kind of boring after a while just playing along with CDs because I couldn't find any. There was one there was one band in town, and it was a Christian rock band, and it was a bunch of dudes, and they didn't need anybody else, and there was no one else that I knew of that was interested in playing um, in a pop or rock setting, so. Uh, it was just me by myself. And then after a while I got bored playing the drum set by myself and I, I sold it and I got a guitar, um, during my senior year of high school. Um, and immediately, you know, found myself writing, writing things on it. Not, nothing like, you know, grandiose or fantastic, but you know, it, I was coming up with my own things in addition to learning other songs. And, um, when I got to college, I was in, I was in one of my art classes. I majored in visual art and there was uh, another girl in class and I, I kind of just randomly decided I was going to just ask somebody if they were, you know, like you don't know unless you ask. I was like, do you play music? And she was like, she was like, no. And she was like, why? And I said, well, I want to start a band. And she goes, I'll play bass. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Well, so that's uh, pretty, that was pretty simple. It went pretty easy, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was kind of one of those funny things. We found a drummer and uh, another guitarist and started a band. 
I've always noticed when it comes to bass, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, I took bass lessons and drum lessons, but obviously nothing ever came from it because I'm hosting a podcast, but um, I always said that bass is the easiest to learn, the hardest to master, and guitar is the easiest to learn, or you know, and then guitar is the opposite of that. Or am I wrong? Well, I, I've said the, the first part of that I have said myself pretty much verbatim. Um, as far as the guitar being opposite, I don't know. Maybe. Cause I know when it comes to like singing and stuff with the instrument, it's easier to learn how to sing and play guitar than it is to learn how to sing and play bass. Unless of course, think- unless you're, unless of course you're Canadian and your name is Getty Lee. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, played bass and and sung in a band before i've always been pretty coordinated i don't know if if playing drums helped with that but well that's uh, another thing is playing drums and singing always like he's like how the hell do you do this you know like dj dj and body futures and hi-fi i'm just like i'm amazed at what he can do i'm I'm not i'm not so amazed at phil collins because he's kind of trash but that's besides the point uh, it's not, it's not that, it's not that hard to put trash out. Um, but, uh, yeah. So now, uh, motherfucker is an interesting band name. Well, I'll, I'll talk, we'll talk about you guys, how you guys formed in a little bit here, but I want to know just out of curiosity, uh, please fill me in here. Where'd the name come from? Well, we were watching a whole lot of Quentin Tarantino movies at the time. Oh, so we were calling each other that a lot. <laughs> so it's, it was either with, with when, it, when it comes to Tarantino movies, it's either that or the other word. Right. And that, so we, we thought that like our plan was just to play one show. And so I think that's where the carefree feeling about naming the band came from. So we weren't thinking, well, we will have a lot of trouble with advertising. If we name our band this, we were thinking it's one show and it's for this, this festival that we play every year. Um, and we know that that festival is cool with whatever. So, you know, we <laughs> kind of went for it. Do you guys have problems now, uh, booking since you, you know, I mean, since you've kind of established the brand motherfucker, I think the biggest hurdle really is airplay on, on radio. Like, I think that that would be not that we're really pushing for that, but I think that that would be the biggest hurdle for us. Well, I mean, that's why that's why internet radio and satellite radio and and podcasts and stuff are kind of a good thing for you guys, I think. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah we and more the streaming, Spotify and Apple Music and that. So now, do you guys have have you guys seen anything from Spotify at all? Because I know there was a big thing a few years ago about artists getting like a penny per play. Um, well, we 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 have a slow learning curve, so I just got us up a couple months ago so we haven't even gotten to the point where we would expect anything yet so we're we're still working on it i'm in the same boat because apparently i heard something about spotify has playlists or uh, podcasts on it and i'm just like oh this is perfect this is perfect yeah i and then i asked them about it i got a hold of spotify and they were just kind of like oh well it's something that we're not really introducing right now but it turns out there's this big hole or deal with it and it took me a week to get my show on google play so i'm not even gonna bother with spotify right now um but now okay so you you watch tarantino movies you come up with the name motherfucker i just like saying it it's fun um <laughs> and you uh you, you play the the festival and and things just kind of go that go along 
but before all that, I mean, did you just guys just form for the festival and and In hope the- for the best or? Yes. Well, we, the three of us, Mandy, Erica, Rickson, and I, um, we had, we were in a band previously called Incendiaries with another guitarist. And that guitarist, Is that the one that you formed in, uh, right at, around the end of high school, middle of beginning of college? No, the, no, it was another, oh, it was another, another band. Formed a little later on. Okay. Um, I, yeah, and I wanted, I formed that band specifically with, with women. Because, well, one, I was a huge Slater Kinney fan, but also because um, I had just had a poor experience playing in a band with um, with some with all everyone else in the band was was a man, so or is a man. They're they're not dead, or <laughs> uh, none of them have transitioned. Uh, so <laughs> I'd had a really horrible experience with them, and I really wanted to start a band with uh, with women and try by that and um and also people that I was friends with so I called a couple of friends up and we formed that band and there were a couple different incarnations over the years with it but because we started that band in like 2008 or 9 incendiaries um so it went for a while because it was 2013 when we started motherfucker because Mary Joyce the other guitarist in incendiaries was going to be gone during the festival time, and we really had come to love playing that festival every year. It's called Slop Fest. Oh. So we were really bummed, and Erica Rickson and I were having lunch one day, and we were like, well, what if we just made a band so we can play Slop Fest? <laughs> and so that's what we did. And a motherfucker was born. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was all based on being really arrogant. <laughs> well, I mean, in a, in a, in a way... Um, deep down, isn't that kind of what most music is about? Kind of having a small arrogance to it. It should, yeah. Now, now that I've uh, had an experience with it, yeah, I, I usually try to shy away from that sort of feeling. I don't like feeling like I'm being obnoxious, but um, in sort of just letting loose with it, it definitely uh, changed my perspective a bit on that. And it's also kind of cathartic being on stage too, like when you where you know, where you don't have to go to a therapist to work out your issues. Absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, is it like have you had any kind of instances on stage where things just got a little too much? In that regard, um, not really. I mean, we've had some some audience members who've gotten a little a little rowdy, but not that even that is pretty pretty rare. Because now I I remember hearing a story about uh, the Cure performing Trust live. And Robert Smith started crying. I mean, oh. I, I probably wouldn't be too difficult to make him cry. I don't think, <laughs> but uh, considering the music, but uh, yeah. yeah, I just, I mean, I understand how, you know, everybody has like that one song or that one kind of, uh, have you written any songs that kind of like you, you look back at them and say, wow, that is kind of coming from a place I didn't think was there. Yeah. Um, Although the one that that is coming to mind is is an incendiary song and not a motherfucker song. Which one was it? If I may ask, I don't want to. No, it's fine. It's called Pep Talk. Um, And it's just, I usually write songs that are kind of angry or, I mean, a little on the violent side. And and that's that's my catharsis for the anger that I feel about the way the world is. Um, 
in whatever form that takes. So my, my lyrics usually end up being a little, um, yeah, angry or violent, but this song kind of, uh, came from, it kind of expressed more of like the small feeling that I feel a lot of, a lot of the time. Uh, and yeah, it just, it, it, it really sold a feeling that I didn't ever sell before in a song, at least not that I can remember. It really, um, that's one, still one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Have you ever thought about me, uh, doing it as a, as a motherfucker song or? Well, we, we had one performance in Louisville, Kentucky where Mary joined us and we played an incendiary song at the end of our motherfucker set. And so we talked about doing that again. And I, I told them if we do that again, I want to play pep talk. Well, that'd be awesome. Now, is there stuff available for folks like myself to listen to from incendiaries? Is there albums out? And Yes, there's a, well, there's a band camp. I, we have some CDs of the album that we made, but then we recorded an EP after that and we never actually physically printed it it's just on the Bandcamp page and that's is pep talk one one of those songs yes fantastic see now folks all that stuff will be in the description while you're reading this i'm not going to bog you down with links we're talking here people um <laughs> so now uh you're 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 rocking out with motherfucker everything's going great now the song confetti uh when you watch the from uh, when you watch the video for it which is awesome by the way um, I, I have two questions. One, are those like indie wrestlers in the video? <laughs> the answer to that is no. I hate to spoil it. Well, damn. Now I just lost <laughs> all my listener base. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but it's and now the second question I have is, is that song written from the viewpoint of someone who is telling someone that the feelings that they have, like being bullied and stuff, aren't real? It, it's coming from the perspective, it came out of uh, Erica Rickson's mother's passing um, when she was deep in her grief and there were a few people around who made light of light of the way she was feeling and not intentionally that they wanted to make her feel like she shouldn't be sad about it, but they, they like as an example, one of her friends told her to go just go see a movie and then she would feel better. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I feel bad because I know, I know him and I know that he didn't mean any, anything bad by it, but it's just very, it was a very thoughtless thing to say. It's like, what, what, what if you go see Schindler's List? I mean, how is that going to make you feel better? Exactly. What if you accidentally stumble into, uh, you know, the hateful eight or something and then <laughs> it's not going to make you feel better about life. No, it's not. Yeah. That is crazy. But- so she was just saying, you know, here, I'll put a bunch of confetti on you. And now, like, <laughs> there's a problem for you to deal with. I don't know. Um, so, you know, within her experience, she had written a few lyrics. And I took what she wrote and and developed it and, and made it a little more my own. Because yeah, I have a hard time singing lyrics unless they're they feel like mine. So even if she contributes to lyrics, they end up, you know, as something that I finalize. But it's a very collaborative process writing like a like a, a motherfucker song. It's so funny to say a motherfucker song, but go 
Yes, it is very collaborative. Yeah. Uh, but you have the final say when it comes to lyrics or? Yes. Yeah. That would make sense since you're singing them. Yeah. Is that... Yeah. I mean, I have suggestions and we, and we talk about things, but I, you know, like I said, I have to, I have to feel them. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. Definitely. Um, there've been instances where people write things for me to say, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not doing, I can't, I don't know what you're, I don't, I'm not exactly up on what you're talking about. So I would be a hypocrite. And, uh, I assume that's what you're talking about being a, you know, I mean, you could, you could probably couldn't sing about something that you don't, wouldn't be able to understand like the point All of right. view. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, when it comes to, um, I, we talked about this before and I, and I, I'm trying to word it so you don't want to punch me in the face. Um, you know what I'm talking. You know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, do you? Um, what kind of hardships have you endured being an all-female band? Not just in music, but in the genre you're in, which is pretty male-driven. You know what's funny is I, I feel like this band and this carnation, especially we we haven't seen a whole lot of that. I haven't I haven't felt much of that. Um, I feel like we've been pretty well received and, and, you know, we'll get the, oh, you guys are motherfucker. I was expecting a bunch of burly dudes to walk in here. <laughs> like, what? That sort of thing. Um, which is any, which is just, you know, somebody's comment and not like, I don't think that was in, you know, that's been intended. Like who the hell do you think you are? Uh, it was mostly just, oh, I'm surprised. Um, but we've gotten we've gotten a lot of like support and um, a lot of love and I don't know which I feel very grateful for the way that we've um, been received in this band. Well, that's awesome. Now you uh, are a secret friend. We'll, we'll, we'll dive right into it because that's coming up here. Um, now you aren't the only member of of Motherfucker to play with Conan, right? Correct. No, uh, who else has the entire band played with him or? No, uh, just, just the other Erica Rickson. Oh, because he's got Tony. So who's a, like right. a, a permanent, a permanent fixture. Right. In the, in the, in the, in the group. And holy shit, Tony, why would you ever replace him if you didn't have to? <laughs> this is, this is true. This is true. Uh, now how did you, how did you meet Conan? Cause I know he's from originally from New York, right? Or something like California. one of one of the coasts. I don't know. I'm in Wisconsin. We don't know what's what. <laughs> we just know that things are more popular over there on, on either side. You know, we we get the fashion stuff like way like six months too late when it's you know. <laughs> we well, found, we found out what we found out what good emo music was like Sunny Day and stuff like that when yeah. you know when it was turning into My Chemical Romance. So I mean you know. <laughs> Well, fortunately, fashion doesn't matter. So this is true. I put jeans and a t-shirt, and I'm fine. But so, yeah. yeah. How did you? How did you meet uh, Mr. Neutron? I met him at the 2014 PRF Barbecue Festival we played in Chicago. Um, he asked us to do a promo spot for his um, radio show, Protonic Reversal. Well, that's cool. And you just kind of just kind of all you guys just hit it off. Yeah, we did. Uh, he did an interview with us and he, you know, he asked for that, you know, he asked to play our music on his show. And um, 
you know, through that conversation, we ended up continuing on, you know, having conversations and seeing each other at other uh, PRF events. And then uh, I can't remember when exactly the first time he was, it was that he asked me to play with Secret Friends. But, you know, eventually he asked me to play for Secret Friends. And I said, yeah, that'd be fun. So I learned some songs and did my best to, to fill in. And it's been really fun. Well, I'm sure it's been awesome, and I haven't. I missed it by ten minutes because I thought Walking Dead started at nine, not eight. Uh, it shows <laughs> how much I watch the show. Um, now you can speak from experience with with this because I've never been to it because I barely leave my city, let alone my state. Um, you guys played Thunder Snow. We did, yes. And what's no. what's that experience like? Because it's it's a uh, it's. It seems to be like almost like a, a commune, like a Jim Jones type thing without the Kool-Aid. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a bold statement right there. Um, I mean, it kind of it kind of is, but not in there's no like real conversion trying like no one's trying to. <laughs> um, I mean, they're ha- they're very welcoming and everyone is just happy to be there and everyone kind of just does their own thing, whether they're watching the bands or chilling in the pool or at the dance party or creating a, a an impromptu open mic <laughs> in one of their rooms. Like, um, it was a really cool, it was a really cool experience. And then we also walked out onto the, onto the lake cause it was so frozen and drank beers out there. That was cool too. See, that's something I could never, I don't think I could ever, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm, <laughs> I'm good with people, but I'm I don't think I can handle being in a group like that of uh of that many people. I don't know. Is it was it overwhelming at all? It's yeah, every PRF event is a little overwhelming, yeah. Um but the the really nice thing about Thundersnow was that you had a room that you could go to. It, if at any point you started to feel that way and you just needed a break, it was easy to find a break. Um whereas at the other events there's the art table, which I which I particularly like because it's it doesn't require specific interaction, but then there's you're still kind of participating and you're still listening to the bands. But there's not really a place to like go for solitude at any of the other events, which you know is fine. It's just how they're designed, and it's just there's always something great happening during them, so you don't want to miss things. But as far as thunder snow goes, that I found that to be really nice because I'm somewhat introverted and uh i don't always have the energy to talk with people who are who are new and especially at that level there are a lot of people who go to those events so it's a lot of people to meet and get to know and they're all great people everyone i've met has been awesome but it's just a lot to handle oh i can imagine i i can imagine uh how that must must feel uh, especially if they're, they're into your music and if they start gushing over your music and you, uh, I don't know how I would handle something like that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it can be. I mean, it does sometimes turn into some of that, but it isn't too bad. I mean, are, do, you, do you handle uh, people coming up to you and just being, you know, like, oh, you're so amazing, you're so amazing uh, very well? Or is it kind of like, do you, are you at a level where you don't feel like they're fans, they're friends? Um, I don't, I, I've been a little overwhelmed before, um, by people, but not, nothing like, nothing that felt crazy, um, or, you know, nothing, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess 
And the PR of events, I feel like I'm in more of a mode where anyone I meet is, is going to be a friend of mine, um, more likely than anything else. It's just because of the nature of those events and the people that tend to go to them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've definitely had a couple of people where I felt like, okay, I think I need to like find a way to end this conversation. <laughs> like they kind of made it weird. I mean, it just kind of went, it was, it just gets a little overwhelming if I feel like everything I have to say in the conversation is thank you. That's nice. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Like that's the only thing that I get to say in a conversation. See, I had something similar to that happen the other day. Um, because I do stand up, I've done do, I don't know, stand up comedy and stuff like that. And I had someone who worked at the local grocery store in the deli. I was, I was just getting coleslaw and he was like, Oh, I remember seeing you at bubble, this and this and that. And I'm the only one that got that joke. And, and this, and I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sitting here trying to text somebody about something coming up and, and listen to Ozzy at the same time. I mean, you can't, you're, you're trying to interrupt my Ozzy Osbourne moment here, people. And uh, it was kind of weird, and I almost felt I felt really dickish because I was almost ignoring him yeah. while he's sitting there doing. But it's like it's it's almost like that's the only way I can deal with stuff like that. Is and I, I don't I don't mean to like just be like a complete douchebag about it, but I mean it, it's it's hard to have um, people say that they like things I do. It's hard yeah. to take. I can, I can take a little bit of. But if it if it's something where somebody keeps going on and on, it it gets awkward. Oh, without question. I, yeah. yeah, that's why I I changed my mode. I was gonna be like just for for an entire half hour, forty five minutes. Be like, you know how awesome you are. You know how great you are. But I figured <laughs> I I wouldn't do that because it might be a little. I might make it weird. <laughs> I appreciate a, that. Hey, no problem. <laughs> it's what I do. Now you've got something very cool coming up after your your tour with Conan. You guys, uh, mother, as in motherfucker, I just wanted to say it again, uh, are playing with uh, members of Fugazi. I can't pronounce the name of the band. Um, you know what I'm talking about. I can't pronounce the Meeslicks or or how is that? The Mesthetics. Mesthetics. There we go. I've been watching too much Rick and Morty. I thought they were the Meeseeks for a second, but um, <laughs> that'd be really funny if they you just say, you know, you hit the Meeseeks button and out comes this band. Um, now I've only heard a little bit of them, but how did you guys, did you guys, uh, uh, approach them? Did they approach you? How did that, uh, cause you're playing for, at least, was it, I think I saw at least three shows, but it might be more. It's, it's four shows. Yeah. I didn't hit the show more button on the Facebook post. Sorry. So I only saw the first three. <laughs> uh, I mean, who has the time? To hit right. That button? Why would I, why do I want to devote more time to Facebook? Uh, <laughs> so how did that all come about? Cause that's kind of a cool thing. It is a cool thing. Um, we were we were asked by um, the guy who put those shows together. Um, so it wasn't directly from them, but he he was putting the shows together for them, and he asked us if we wanted to be direct support, and we said, uh, "Yeah, of course we do." And um, so then we you know got all the details put in to put in place, and we're we're really excited about that. That's fantastic. I don't, I don't even know when their album comes out, but what I did here is amazing, and you guys are going to compliment them so well. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic uh, four shows, not three, four. And that's uh, that's all down in Georgia, right? 
No. Well, there's there's one in we're gonna start in Raleigh on a Thursday, and then Atlanta on a Friday, Athens on Saturday, and then Birmingham, Alabama on Sunday. Well, that's a nice so, little tour. Yeah, it should be fun. I think I think it's gonna be if you're in those areas, head over to their to, to the motherfucker Facebook page. Just type in motherfucker. You're not gonna find much anything but these guys, these ladies. Sorry, <laughs> these women o rock. As Unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, there's some kind of um, forgive me for not knowing more specifically, but some kind of Middle Eastern thing where we get tagged a lot, and I don't I don't really understand what it is, but we get tagged in these weird Middle Eastern posts somehow that have like sexy women. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's really strange. Because when I think of of sexy women, I think of motherfucker. That's exactly what I, I think of, you know. I can, I mean, this is complete speculation, so don't hold me to this in a court of law. But like, it seems like maybe there's some kind of fetish thing that they use the word motherfucker to refer to. I I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I know where you're going with that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Wow. That's. I didn't even think about that. That's. Yeah. Wow. That's We've crazy. gotten some weird messages. <laughs> I kind of, I, I think you are very sexy. Okay, but how do you like my music? My <laughs> my music's in your ears, idiot. <laughs> I can't uh, language. Please yeah, don't I, message. Yeah, I, don't, I, I only speak English. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> but I'm sure you're saying something perverted. <laughs> well, they know enough English to say pics. Oh. And- that much of a clue within them it's only happened a couple of times fortunately but it's weird every time well when you start getting uh, uh in arabic when you start getting send nudes in arabic you know you might there might be a small problem you have to deal with <laughs> yeah so be careful yeah <laughs> you, go to you go to you go to the free translation website and you type you you pay, pay you know you, you paste in what what they said and it says send nudes please and it's not even actually please spelled out as plz because they they aren't they, they can't be bothered to spell the word please out in arabic for you they don't even have I that mean, much respect if you want me to send nudes i mean at least type out the word right exactly have a little have a little dignity <laughs> please get I you mean, a long way but still, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a dig, uh, you know, a common decency gets you a long way, people. It might not get you any naked pictures of motherfucker, but at least you know you'll feel better about yourself. <laughs> at least you'll have our respect, sort of. Right? At least they'll be like, well, at least he spelled the word out, please out properly. <laughs> oh wow, that is crazy. That is crazy. And then what's the uh, the band camp? I know it's like motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. Bandcamp.com. There's two, yeah. Motherfucker, oh. motherfucker. I just, I just figured if I said motherfucker three times, you guys would appear and start playing in my living room. But it didn't happen, <laughs> so yeah. So motherfucker, motherfucker. Bandcamp.com. You can get both their records uh, digitally or uh, on one's on CD, the other one's on vinyl. Yes. Yes. Okay, there you go. And uh, don't forget, there's ton, there's the, the video for Confetti is on YouTube, which is awesome. You get to see the band's heads pop off, which. <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. It's uh, I have a funny story about that video. Oh, too. please do. What what happened in that? Well, um, the, the all the people in that video were just our our friends who happened to be free that day. And you know, as, as a further explanation, you asked, but they were <laughs> amateur wrestlers. But um, 
my one of my friends has a five-year-old daughter and when she showed her daughter the video her daughter got really concerned about us because our heads had exploded <laughs> and so she had to call me and we had to FaceTime so that her daughter would know that I was still alive and you know just because my head popped off in the video didn't mean that my head had popped off in real life <laughs> It's, it's make-believe. It's like Dr. Seuss, but a little bit more twisted. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, she's a funny kid. Well, but yeah, that's that was a fun uh... video to make. That's that's awesome. Uh, that's uh, so. Yeah, be sure to check out uh, Erica as she is uh, part of the Secret Friends coming up here with uh, with Kona Neutron. Just check out his website for everything. And then uh, in April, you guys are going to be out with. Uh, I'm just going to call them the Meeseeks. I don't care. <laughs> we were in Fugazi. Look at me. Um, and uh, the the tour dates are going to be on. It's April. What is it? Isn't it April third, fourth, and fifth and sixth? It is the fifth. Through the, I have to look at it. The 5th through the 8th. See, I don't know anything, people. This is why you listen <laughs> to the show, to hear me make a fool of myself. <laughs> I am, I am idiot par excellence. But uh, Erica, I want to thank you so much. I, I hope you had a good time here on the program. I did. Thank you for having no, me. No problem. And uh, uh, you feel good about this? Everything, everything kosher? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Awesome. Well, that was fun, right? I, I really uh, enjoyed that chat. That was a good time. And uh, be sure to check Motherfucker out at motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker.bandcamp.com. Uh, yeah, so let me know what you guys think. You know, um, hit me up on Twitter at RealRonPerti. Let me know what you guys are enjoying the show and subscribe on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Uh I, I'm uh, I'm happy again. It's a weird, weird thing to be happy and to be content. And I'm gonna keep making movies, and I'm gonna keep doing this. Uh, in in the meantime, uh, because believe it or not, there is a large, large gap between films. So, and uh, I really love this. I love talking to people and hearing their stories, and I hope you love it as much as I do. So don't forget, uh, head over to greetingsfromron.com. There's a donate button and a Patreon link uh, if you feel like supporting the show once or on a monthly basis. Uh, we would really appreciate it. There's plenty of things that we can upgrade here at the Per TV Productions studio. So uh, thank you all for listening. And we're going to close things out with um, a track off of Motherfucker's album, Confetti. This song is called Confetti in Your Fucking Face. And we'll see you next week.